is a tasty burger. Burger. Yeah, ready, yeah, ready, yeah, ready, yeah, ready. you beautiful people welcome back to whatever the show where i talk about whatever my name is cameron and one mustn't tell lies because that shit hurts uh how are you guys all doing out there are you guys doing okay make sure you're staying hydrated that's good to hear so anyway (laughs) uh today's episode we're gonna be talking about harry potter and the order of phoenix now i'm gonna do something a little different this episode i'm actually gonna be going live on tiktok while i do the podcast so i'll probably be answering some questions that pops up in the live as I go through it, but I'm also going to try something different where I read a brief summary and just talk about my favorite scenes instead of mumbling and stumbling my way through the plot, because I really thought about it, and I was like, you know what, it's just, it's kind of boring with me just going like, oh yeah, so this happens, and this happens, blah blah blah, so yeah, I'm going to try something different, and I'm actually going to talk, try to talk more personally about some scenes, and just kind of like, maybe, like, do, like, off of Google or, like, a short thing from IMDb or something. But, anyway, yeah, we're covering Order of the Phoenix. So, stay tuned for all that and more after this word from our sponsor. Sponsor, sponsor, sponsor. Alright, so just a quick heads up. This episode will probably be a little shorter because... I wanted to go in depth with this one, but it's just, just the day I've had, it's just, it's been so stressful, I just, I can't do a long-winded episode, so, I'm gonna make this a little bit shorter by talking about, like, key scenes and just my, just my general thoughts on it, so, anyway, uh, Order of the Phoenix, it came out July 11th, 2007, it was directed by David Yates, music composed by Nicholas Hooper. Uh, it had a budget of $150 million, and at the box office, it brought in $942 million. Now, Order of the Phoenix, you might say, you know, what is the Order of the Phoenix that the movie is named after? Well, according to the Harry Potter wiki, the Order of the Phoenix was a secret society founded by Albus Dumbledore to oppose Lord Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Go away, Ad... The original order was created in the 1970s. It was constructed after Voldemort returned to England from abroad and started his campaign to take over the Ministry of Magic and persecute Motorborns. The order worked with the Minister to oppose the Dark Lord and his followers and played a crucial role in the First Wizarding, Wizarding War English. The first victory came in 1981, of Voldemort's first defeat at the hands of Harry Potter. The victory came with the high cost of many of their members. The order disbanded, but was reconvened in 1995 after Harry Potter informed Dumbledore of Lord Voldemort's return. The Minister refused to admit that the Dark Lord had returned, thus the order alone worked to protect Harry and the prophecy concerning him and Voldemort in the Department of Mysteries. After an intense battle that occurred there on June 18, 1996 between the order, Dumbledore's army, and the Death Eaters, the Ministry finally admitted the truth. So, 
Yeah, basically, the Order of the Phoenix itself was a secret society started by Dumbledore to fight against uh, Voldemort. Now, the leaders, uh, the leaders of the Order of the Phoenix are Dumbledore, McGonagall, or M- Albus Dumbledore, Minerva McGonagall, Alistair Moody, and Kingsley Shacklebolt. And their headquarters is 12 Grimmauld Place, which it's basically just, you see this big building full of other par- uh, apartments and they, uh, they kind of separate into the secret door. So, uh, if I can find, if I can find other members, where are the members? I want the members, where are the members? There's the members. So, under, <laughs> under the wiki, the affiliates of the order, there's, uh, the, some of the members are Molly Weasley, uh, Harry Potter himself, he obviously joins, Remus Lupin, oh wait, here's the list, sorry. So, we got Dumbledore, of course, we got Alistair Moody, Kingsley Shacklebolt, uh, Aberforth Dumbledore, who is the younger brother of Albus Dumbledore, um, who else? Alice Longbottom and Frank Longbottom, Frank and Alice Longbottom, who, of course, are Neville's parents, and we find out in this movie, uh, who, like, you know, that... Neville's parents were actually tortured by Bellatrix Lestrange. Uh, who else is here? James Potter. So Harry's dad was part of, or James and Lily were both part of the order. Uh, obviously, McGonagall. Peter Pettigrew. Now, Peter Pettigrew. He used to be a part of the the Order of the Phoenix, the First Order, actually. But he defected and he joined the Death Eaters and portrayed. He was he portrayed James and Lily, you know, in order to serve Voldemort. Uh, Hagrid is part of the order as well. Let's see, uh, Snape is actually part of part of the first and second order as well. Now, Snape, he defected from the Death Eaters before the end of the First Wizarding War due to his love for Lily Evans, and he was a spy during the Second Wizarding War. Obviously, you know. There's something else here, but I'm going to get to that when I talk about Deathly Hallows. Uh, Sirius Black. Yeah, Sirius Black was part of the Order as well. Uh, Arthur Molly Weasley, of course. Along with Bill and Charlie Weasley. Uh, who else? And then, uh, we get to the people who are in it now, uh, Fred, you know, we got Taunts, and then there's Florida McClure, uh, Fred George Weasley, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Now, I guess some notable things from the movie, so, uh, did I read off what the movie was about? I don't know if I did that. I can't remember, sorry, I honestly can't remember. Like I said, it's been a day, I can't remember. Uh, Yeah, now in his fifth year at Hogwarts, Harry learns that many in the wizarding community do not know the truth of his encounter with Lord Voldemort. I did not read this, okay. Cornelius Fudge, Minister of Magic, appoints his toady, Dolores Umbridge, as Defense Against a Dark Arts teacher, for he fears that Professor Dumbledore will take his job, but her teaching is deficient and her methods cruel, so Harry prepares a group of students to defend the school against a rising tide of evil. So, yeah, basically, when, uh, in the, from the beginning of the movie, you know, when 
Harry saves Dudley from the Dementors, he ends up getting called to the Ministry of Magic and put on trial for underage magic, which Dumbledore pretty much saves his ass. But uh, Dolores Umbridge is there because she works for the Ministry of Magic. She basically tries to throw a wrench in the whole situation and I guess somehow ends up the defense, new defense against the Dark Arts teacher at Hogwarts, which I find weird, but whatever. I guess it's because the Ministry is trying to take over Hogwarts because of this whole thing. They're like, alright, well, you didn't let us to Viteri, so we're going to just take over your school. And we're going to point this bitch as the new defense against the Dark Arts teacher. So, obviously, you know, obviously she's everyone's favorite character. She tries to do things. She, instead of actually teaching them how to defend themselves and actually using magic, she does it, like, by the book, by just by how the Ministry of Magic would do it. And Harry tries to call her out on it, and she calls him into his... Well, she gives him detention and calls him into her office. And she's like, I want you to write lines for me. And he's like, all right, well, what do you want me to write? And uh, Umbridge is like, I want you to write... I must not tell lies, and gives him a quill. And Harry's like, oh, I need ink for this. And Dolores is like, oh, no, you won't need ink, because it's a blood quill. And what that means is, like, whatever you write with the quill gets engraved into your skin. Like, it gets carved into your skin. So as Harry's writing, like, I will not, I shall not tell lies, it gets carved into his hand. So, yeah. But, uh... Before we do all that, before we actually enter Hogwarts, we meet a new character who I absolutely love, uh, Luna Lovegood, who, honestly, I find inspiring because she just has this, like, mostly positive outlook on life. She's just like, oh, hey, what's all this? You know, the world is magic. (laughs) But uh, I like how in my notes, I have, Luna is awesome, Umbert sucks, McGonagall is having none of her shit. So basically what it is is like, yeah, like Umbridge tries to throw all these things into, uh, you know, into play at Hogwarts and McDonald's is like, all right, you know, this ain't going to fly with me. Like she doesn't actually do anything about it. She doesn't actually challenge Umbridge, but like McDonald's is just like, you know what? You know, I ain't having it. I ain't having none of your shit. Um... Yeah, so then we got... So because Umbridge is not teaching the students how to actually use magic, Harry's is like, alright, well, well, Hermione, more so, gathers a bunch of people, is like, alright, you know, well, we need somebody to teach them, and Harry's pretty much the only one qualified. So, reluctantly, Harry agrees to it, because he never wanted to... He didn't... He He's, bas- he's so independent, like, he doesn't want anybody else to do stuff for him, or help him in anything. Like he wants to do it alone, and he keeps reminding people, or people keep reminding him, they're like, no, you're not alone in this. So, he reluctantly agrees to, you know, train a bunch of people, but then the problem arises, they're like, alright, well, we need a secret place to actually do all this, and they try to find different places, but Neville actually stumbles across this wall that then transforms into a, uh, it transforms into a, a door, a secret door, and it's, uh, I forget what the room is actually called. Uh, 
Actually, I'll just read off the... So, this is the description of Dumbledore's army from the wiki. Dumbledore's army, also known as the DA, was a secret organization initiated by Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, and Ron Weasley to teach their fellow Hogwarts colleagues proper defense against the Dark Arts in 1995. It was founded by Hermione, but led by Harry, who also had the responsibility of teaching its members. So basically, Hermione had the idea, and alright, all right, Harry, you follow through with it. So they found this secret door. I forget the name of the room. I don't know if I can find it here. Do, 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 do. Name of the room, name of the room, name of the room, name of the room, name of the room. Somebody please give me the goddamn name of the room. Somebody do. Room of Requirement. That's the name of the place. So they find this secret place called the Room of Requirement, which lets them train in secret. So while. Umbridge is, you know, wreaking havoc all over Hogwarts. Harry's teaching all these people how to defend themselves. But eventually, you know, they get found out about it. And, uh, you know, Umbridge brings Harry and some of the people into Dumbledore's office and with Cornelius Fudge there. And Cornelius Fudge is like, alright, well, obviously, you know, because it says Dumbledore's armory, we have to take Dumbledore in. And Dumbledore's like, Nah, bro. I don't think so. Because he said something about, like... Well, he's like, yeah, you know, it's my army. It does say Dumbledore's army. And they say something about Azkaban, and Dumbledore's like, oh, perhaps you misheard me. I have no intention of going to Azkaban. And obviously Dolores gets pissed. She's like, sees him, and Dumbledore just does his clap with Fox flying in and just disappears. He's like, peace. <laughs> Dumbledore's straight up like, alright, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, some other scenes that I guess are important. I don't know if it's super important, but, uh, for most of this movie, Hagrid was gone. But then, like, halfway through, Hagrid actually comes back, and he lets Harry, Ron, and Hermione in on the secret that he actually, instead of just being gone for his, for his health, his personal health, he was actually talking to the Giants as a mission for Dumbledore. So, like, Hagrid was basically trying to get the Giants involved in whatever's going on. And, uh... Oh, the next thing I have in my notes here is, uh, Bellatrix is free. Now, in this, you know, obviously we learn about, uh... We learn about Bellatrix Lestrange. Now, let me tell you... Let me tell you a little bit about Miss Lestrange... If I can actually find the right Google thing. So, Miss Bellatrix Lestrange is another new character. And she's... I love Bellatrix, too. I mean, she's obviously the most evil person, the most diabolical person in this movie. But she's played by Helena Bottom Carter, who... If you've seen the uh, live-action Disney Alice in Wonderland, she was the evil queen. Or she was the red queen. You know, the off of the head, you know, that old, that old deal. Sorry. Okay, so, Bellatrix Lestrange was a British witch, the eldest daughter of Sidness and Druella Black, cousin of Regulus and Sirius Black. So she's Sirius Black's cousin, and the elder sister of Andromeda Tonks and Narcissa Malfoy. So basically, she's related to Draco 
and Sir, Drado, basically to the Malfoys and to Sirius Black. She was a member of the House of Black, an old Rosadine family, and one of the Sacred 28. I might let that up later. Bellatrix started her education at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft of Wiz- School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in the early 60s and was started into Slytherin. Blah, 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 blah. Does, it ha- does it have how she got locked up? After graduating from Hogwarts, Bellatrix became a Death Eater. She was fanatically loyal to Lord Voldemort and was among the most dangerous and sadistic of his followers. All the Black Sisters married pure-blood wizards, except for Andromeda, who married mortal-born Ted Tonks and was disowned by the family. After Voldemort's fall from power, Bellatrix, her husband, Rodolphus Lestrange, her brother-in-law, Robaston Lestrange, and Barty Crouch Jr. captured and tortured the Aurors Frank and Alice Longbottom, seeking information about Voldemort's whereabouts, which eventually drove the two Aurors insane. So, this is why in the movie, when everybody sees the news that Bellatrix is a deep, Neville is especially pissed about it, because Neville knows that Bellatrix uh, tortured his parents using the Cruciatus curse. Uh, Voldemort, or wait, did I skip something? The four Death Eaters were caught and sentenced to life imprisonment in Esteban. Voldemort eventually returned to full strength in 1995, and Bellatrix, Rodolphus, and Robaston escaped from Azkaban in the 1996 mass breakout, along with seven other Death Eaters. So yeah, that's a little bit of backstory on uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. I also, I want to point this out on my notes because it made me fun. It made me laugh so hard. So this whole thing while Umbridge is running around doing her thing, Filch is just, you know, doing all he can for Umbridge. He's acting like such a simp. Like, it's not even funny. And I want to talk about Filch, too, because Filch was obviously an important character in the earlier movies, but as the movies goes on, he becomes more of, I guess, comic relief. Like, he just does these weird things like, Oh, you Filch. Um, another scene we got is uh, Grop. So, uh, Hagrid brings Harry, Ron, and Hermione into the Dark Forest. Uh, with, you know, they have no idea why, and he basically reveals to them that, like, hey, you know, eventually Umbridge is going to fire me, so I want you to know something before I get tanned. So he brings them to the Dark Forest, and he actually introduces them to Grop, who is his his brother. I think it's younger brother. But he's just this big, dumb, you know, giant, giant, like, I guess bigger than... Is, is Hagrid a giant? I think he's a giant, but he's obviously way better than uh, Hagrid is, which, you know, they make friends real quick because Grok tries to pick up Hermione and everybody's obviously freaking out and Hermione just like looks him sternly in the face and is like, put me down. So basically all Grok needed was a, a firm mother figure, but uh... So, shortly after that, uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione try to use Umbridge's office to get to the minister because Harry saw a vision of, uh, oh, I should explain the scene before that. So, basically, there's a scene where Umbridge is making everybody take these tests, these exams called owls, and while they're doing that, they hear some banging outside, and it's actually Fred and George because they're finally they finally had enough of Umbridge and they basically caused chaos. And, El- and 
They cause a bunch of fireworks to go off. Everybody goes insane and cheers him on. While everybody's cheering, Harry collapses and he has a vision of Voldemort torturing Sirius in the, uh, what was that place? Department of Mysteries, I think. Department of Mysteries or something like that. So, Harry, along with Ron and Hermione, sneaked into Umbridge's office to try to use flu powder to get to the ministry to try to save Sirius, but Umbridge catches him. And she uh, threatens Harry with the Cruciatus curse, and Hermione's like, no, don't, I'll tell you where it is. And they end up going to the Dark Forest, because they're trying to trick Umbridge, obviously. And Umbridge catches on, she's like, oh, I know you're trying to trick me, and they get confronted by the Minotaurs, or I should say Umbridge does, Harry and Hermione are just happen to be there. So, the Minotaurs try to attack Umbridge, and then Grop sneaks up. Grop, I think it's called, he's called. Grop sneaks up behind Umbridge and picks her off while the Minotaurs are trying to go after Grop. And Hermione's like, it tells them, like, no, he's harmless or whatever. And as the Minotaurs surround Umbridge, Umbridge is like, Harry, or Potter, tell him I mean no harm. And Potter looks her dead in the face, looks her dead into her soul, and says, I'm sorry, Professor, but I must not tell lies. And they fucking take her, they take her to God knows where. Which is kind of a fuck yeah moment for Harry. So, but what, which is short-lived because then they have to race to the Department of Mysteries along with uh, Neville, Luna, Ginny, uh, who else is there? It's Harry, Ron, Hermione, Ginny, Luna, and Neville. They sneak to the Department of Mysteries to look for this prophecy that Harry keeps seeing in his vision and they uh, they get stopped by they eventually get, as Harry finds the prophecy, he gets caught by uh, Lucius, who obviously we found out from Down with the Fire's Death Eater, along with Bella Church Lestrange so Lucius tries to get Harry to give the prophecy and they're like nah, and they fight him off causing all these other little balls or whatever to collapse and they step into this big room with this big archway which apparently only Harry and Luna can see the uh like these ghosts these spirits going around in the middle of it but they hear some commotion behind them so they keep going or they get prepared to fight and all of a sudden just all these this black smoke surrounds them which is all the Death Eaters and knocks Harry down while he's still gripping onto this uh, this prophecy. And when he gets up, he finds that all the Death Eaters are basically holding his friends hostage. And Lucius is like, hey, you know what? Give me the prophecy and I won't have to kill your friends. And Harry, you know, he does. But <laughs> then there's a uh, white light that appears behind Lucius. And everybody's is like, what? And it's Sirius. Sirius walks up to Lucius and he's like, step away from my godson. And just punches him. Which is kind of like, I was like, fuck yeah, serious. So then there's a huge, like, all the other people in the Order of the, in the order of the Phoenix come. Uh, Kinsley and Taunts and uh, Moody, Mad-Eye Moody, Alistair Moody, I should say. So they have this whole thing where they fight him off and uh, uh, Sirius tries to get Harry to take his friends and run. Because Sirius is like, hey, we got this, you go. But Harry, you know, being the hero that he is, stays behind to help Sirius fight off all the the Death Eaters. Which he fights off like Lucius and uh, somebody else. I forget their name. 
but one thing to note here that I kind of, I guess I didn't really pay attention to it before, but like when I look at when I rewatch it now, I noticed that when they were fighting, Harry cast Expelliarmus on Lucius, and it really stunned him. And Sirius responds with, "Nice one, James." So I was like, oh. I don't know if it was just an in-the-moment thing or it's because Harry is so much like his father that Sirius couldn't help but notice. But shortly after Sirius owns Lucius, Bellatrix uh, kills Sirius. Which, I mean, you know it's a sad moment when all you see are emotions and you don't actually hear anybody reacting. You just hear music. Obviously, Harry is destroyed by this, like, Lupin has to hold him back because of how distraught he is. And then Bellatrix tries to sneak off. And Harry's just like, nah, nah, you kill my you kill my only father figure in the world. Like, I'm coming after you. So he catches her and he's basically got her at one point, about to kill her, and he hears Voldemort's voice like, Yes, do it, you know the curse, do it. And that's when Voldemort actually appears and he has his a little talk with Harry before before Dumbledore showed up. Sorry, I'm distracted because my wife just walked by with our cat on her shoulder. But, uh, anyway, as Voldemort's trying to, you know, confront Harry, Dumbledore shows up. They're in the Ministry of Magic, by the way. Uh, Dumbledore shows up and they have one of the most epic duels of all time, which I guess ends at some point, you know, Voldemort disappears, but is actually trying to take over Harry's mind, like he's trying to mind control him, but Harry, you know, with Dumbledore's words and him seeing his friends, they, uh, how dare you? (laughs) Harry, you know, with Dumbledore's words and seeing his friends in the distance, he pushes Voldemort out of his mind, and Voldemort, uh, what does Voldemort say to Harry? He's like, you failed or something? like that but as he's talking to Harry all of a sudden he sees a bunch of people show up including Cornelius Fudge himself who basically you know he sees Voldemort and Cornelius Fudge is like oh so he is back and everybody else is like pretty much thinking like yeah we've been trying to tell you this shit this whole movie and so basically it ends you know the movie ends you know there's everything wraps up and basically Harry one of the last things you here in the movie is Harry saying you know we can do this basically we can do this because Voldemort or we have something that Voldemort doesn't we have something worth fighting for and that's pretty much how the movie ends now obviously you know what it's time for if I have enough time for this yeah I have five minutes I need to go over it quickly uh let's talk about some book differences whoopee a wahoo it's a me mario i'm only stalling because i have to actually look this stuff up book versus movie book versus movie where's my trusty source leakycauldron.org do they not uh, no they don't have anything on this oh god excuse me okay tinyobsessions.wordpress.com Let's see if you can help me here. Uh, Let's see. In the book, Dudley's gang of friends is not with him when Harry confronts Dudley. They had left to go home. Okay, so whatever. Uh, Let's see. After the Dementors attack, blah, blah, blah. 
Is there anything important? Uh, let's see. In the book, Harry received multiple letters, actually, instead of the, the one. Is there any notable ones? Not much, except for, like, tiny little differences. Alright. So, basically, the source I used, I just looked up Order of the Phoenix book versus movie, and tinyobsessions.wordpress.com has all that information. If you want to look it up yourself, because... It's it's nothing too important, but if you feel feel like you want to know some things, uh, it's there. So, you know, I apologize for this being a shorter video, but it's just you know, life and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say in Order of the Phoenix. Uh, if you have any opinions on Order of the Phoenix or Harry Potter, or if you want to tell me, you know, if you want to say hi or just tell me how much I suck, uh, I have a link in the description of this podcast to send me a voice message. Otherwise, I have Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, all SuperCam64. And, yeah, if you want to leave me an opinion on any of those, you're more than welcome to. Or if you just want to give me some criticism, you're more than welcome to there. And, you know, I'm an open book with this stuff. But, uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate all of you that listen. And, yeah. That's all I gotta say for now. You know, next week we move on to Half Blood Prince. And then after that, I think I'm gonna do a different episode before I dive into Deathly Hollows. So, yeah, next week is gonna be Half Blood Prince. So, that's gonna be it for me today. Take care, you beautiful bitches. Bye bye. Bye, have a great time.